Welcome to Bitcoins and Gravy, Episode 4. So today on Coinbase, Bitcoins are hovering around $573. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Now that's gravy. Welcome to Bitcoins and Gravy, and thanks for joining us today as we podcast from East Nashville, Tennessee. I'm John Barrett. And I'm Lyd Shaw. We're two Bitcoin enthusiasts who love to talk about Bitcoins. And share what we learn with you, the listener. Welcome to the show, and thanks for listening. On today's show, Lidge and I head to Las Vegas. No, not to gamble, but to talk with Elise Peterson, owner of TLIT.com, an online tea outlet that accepts both Bitcoin and Litecoin as payment. From Vegas, we head on over to Reno, Nevada, where we sit and chat with Josh Arias, an honest-to-goodness Bitcoin barber. Then we venture back east all the way to the snowy state of Vermont, where we meet up with Steve Summering of Summering Painting to talk about his dream of painting houses for Bitcoin. And finally, we interview Nashville heavy metal drummer Talon Fosnot of Sunwheel about Waste Face Wednesdays at the Springwater Supper Club right here in Nashville. Come get your ears blasted and pay for it with Bitcoin. On today's show, we have a very special guest, Elise Peterson from Tealit.com. Elise, welcome. Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much for having me. It's uh, great to be talking to you here from Las Vegas. Uh, nice to meet you, Elise. You know, I first found out about you all just yesterday. I read an article about a tea company that accepts Litecoins, and I got excited because I have some Litecoins, and because <laughs> last year I stopped drinking coffee and I switched over to tea. So, of course, I went to your site and I signed up and I bought one of the packets that you offer using Litecoins, my very first Litecoin purchase ever. So that was a, a monumental event for me personally anyway. <laughs> well, congratulations on making your first Litecoin purchase. Well, thank you. Well, so that's fascinating. <laughs> you guys accept Litecoins. Do you also accept Bitcoins or solely Litecoins? Oh, of course. We love Bitcoin, too. I, yeah, I have not been to the site to see it yet, but could you describe what the visit to your site looks like to a customer when they go to make a purchase? Yeah. So TLET.com is essentially an online farmer's market. Our goal is to build brands for independent tea farmers around the world. Right now, we're working with 30 different farmers from 14 countries. And we tell their stories through exclusive content and videos and photos. And we help them connect directly with their buyers, uh, both through a retail subscription box, which is something that you had purchased with your Litecoin. Uh, but we also do wholesale as well for larger orders, catering to tea businesses that want to do more ethical sourcing and mm -hmm. connect more with uh, high quality teas. Wow, that's great. And so if you have, if you're able to help a farmer connect directly with the buyers, does that mean that the farmers are also receiving Litecoin or Bitcoin? Um, not as of right now, but we are working very hard to get that developed. Uh, right now, the, the barrier to entry on getting our farmers to accept cryptocurrency is that they don't want to take on any type of uh, valuation risk um, of receiving the Bitcoin or Litecoin and value changing. Um, so we're really using cryptocurrency more as a payment processing tool um, so that we could easily move funds um, to different countries around the world. Um, so right now we're, we're actually looking at opportunities in using services like bips.me where the, the Bitcoin is sent to uh, Denmark where it is transferred into any currency around the world. And I think they charge a 0% fee, but then it's a $7.50 uh, wire fee to send the funds to any bank account that's connected to them. So right now we're educating the farmers about what Bitcoin is and how it can positively affect their business mm -hmm. and get them online and connected to these services so we can start using Bitcoin um, to wire money to them so that they can save. And we're talking a difference of 10% uh, fees minimized down to about 1% in fees, wow, which can mean a lot for... Uh, you know, a small international business. Can you say the name of the service that you're using again and perhaps spell that and let listeners know how to find it? Yeah. So the only one I'm aware of right now is called BIPS. It's B-I-P-S dot 
M-E, so bips.me. They're located in Denmark. I connected with them at a Bitcoin conference here in Las Vegas, and their service seems too good to be true. Uh, but we have our first farmer in Nepal that has connected their account to the service, and um, we will be sending him a payment very soon for some tea, and uh, we'll, we'll let everybody know if it works or not. You mentioned a $7.50 fee. Is that for any amount? No, it's, it's a flat wire fee. So our average transaction we send to a farmer is about $700. So $7.50 is somewhere around 1%, which is the target we're going after. But of course, as you start sending larger and larger payments, that fee becomes less of a you know percentage of your transaction. Sure. And let me ask you, Elise, how did you initially get in contact with your growers and how many growers do you have and in how many countries? Yeah, so I originally started working with tea farmers in Japan. I was doing an internship on a tea farm in, in Kyoto, and I founded or helped founded a nonprofit called the International Tea Farms Alliance. And this is a network of independent farmers, mostly young men um, that are tech savvy and they understand the power of the Internet and e-commerce and social media um, to tell their stories And so the mission that we had as a nonprofit was to uh, create events where farmers and tea lovers can interact and then connect, of course. And the the piece that was missing was uh, we weren't able to do commerce, which is really what the farmers need. They need that ability to sell their tea. That's their whole purpose of their business. And the nonprofit was not able to do that. So um, as soon as I returned back to America, um, I made an agreement with the nonprofit that I would start a for-profit partner that would take on the same mission, but be focused on commerce rather. So uh, my first weekend back in Hawaii, that's where I was living at the time, I went to a startup weekend and I pitched what I called back then tea commerce (laughs) And uh, we ended up taking second place. And from that point forward, totally got the bug and never stopped since then. And it's just been a series of MVPs of building whatever type of solution, just with the point of making more connections between the farmers and the consumer. And of course, selling more of their tea as efficiently as possible. So it was just a natural evolution for us to discover cryptocurrency. And, you know, I have to say, I'm very lucky that I have very good connections in my life. Um, that that are very knowledgeable both on Bitcoin and Litecoin that helped navigate this process. And you know, um, last year when I first started Tea Letter, you know, a year and a half ago, I was always joking that one day I would have the entire company on Bitcoin. It really was a joke. I would just make people laugh with it. <laughs> um, and it's amazing how quickly we've gotten to this point where it's becoming true. And no longer is it a joke. It's a real serious thing that we're we're doing here. Bitcoin does move fast. It's the bullet train of currencies for sure. That's right. Wow. Elise, I wanted to ask you if you had any interesting anecdotes or funny stories about adopting Bitcoin for your business. Um, okay, so I think the funniest story was we decided with the Bitcoin launch on the landing page and with the marketing collateral that went along with it, we wanted to have a very rebellious kind of revolutionary type of voice with it. And we we have this video from when we were at 500 startups in Silicon Valley of Dave McClure pitching T-Let for us. And he was just, um, you know, saying the farmers are getting, you know, using obscenities, um, you know, the, the clean version of it now is um, don't let farmers get screwed by direct from the source. Don't let financial institutions screw us use Bitcoin. And um, uh, we had the, the wording on the website and, um, and not so much the wording we used in the posts that we put in the forums or what messaging we put out there, but on the page. And it somehow got... And accessed by one of the farmers um, in the South, and they they weren't too happy with the language that we used, and didn't really understand why we chose to use that language. Um, and uh, so I was on the phone the next morning, on, on the morning of the launch, talking to one of these farmers, um, explaining to him why we chose that language, and. In the first place, what is Bitcoin? And so it, it's kind of weird how it, it, it backfired on us. Of course, we had to take it down and um, maybe it wasn't the best choice and most tactful choice for us to, to do that. But we also had an opportunity to educate people on what Bitcoin is and what Bitcoin type people, why they think about and what's important to them and why that kind of very um, direct message that we use there was a way of um 
resonating with, uh, with the Bitcoin community. And that's what got us started talking with the farmers about paying them in Bitcoin. That's great. That is yeah, great. So it's a yeah, cool, cool way to, to start with Bitcoin for sure. And that farmer, you said he was where? So um, that farmer is um, in Mississippi, um, but we were also being contacted by farmers, mostly in India, actually. The Indian farmers have the most pain with bringing funds in and out of the country. I see. But the guy who complained was in Mississippi. Yeah. I mean, it's possible that his grandmother was there and she you yeah. know, caught wind of that. <laughs> and maybe that's why he was offended. Hey, uh, let me ask you, Elise, if you have any advice that you could give to startup businesses that are thinking about accepting bitcoins and litecoins anything you could share uh, from your experiences yeah i think that everybody should consider it not just as much as being a merchant or finding ways of getting bitcoin and trying to invest it and you know sell high and and what all, what everybody's talking about right now but using it as a payment processing tool especially if you are an international business um, you know, there is some education that you have to provide to your vendors or, you know, your customers if you're wanting to utilize cryptocurrency. And just becoming a merchant of, of Bitcoin and now Litecoin, it's not it doesn't guarantee that it's going to increase your sales. Um, there has to be a reason behind it and a message behind it. And um, after we launched you know, we, we, we launched almost just as like a pet project for our developer. You know, he had been really talking a lot to me about implementing Bitcoin payment. And I didn't believe that people would actually buy tea with Bitcoin. But it was amazing after we launched, you know, how successful it was. And a lot of people asking me, you know, oh, if I just enable Bitcoin on, on my e-commerce shop, is it going to increase my sales? And I think that, you know, we were so successful because our demographic runs parallel with the Bitcoin community. And it has a lot to do with our business model too. You know, we're trying to cut out the middlemen. We're trying to bring more transparency and kind of take on more of that open source collaborative type of mentality with the business right. that I think resonates really well with the Bitcoin community. Mm -hmm. And I think everybody has the potential to model their business that way and, and try to tap into that market right there because it's a big market and they have a lot of buying power right now. Um, and and we, they need excuses to put their currency into circulation because it helps support the network. It helps increase the value of the currency the more it's in circulation. So there is opportunity to um, you know tap into that, but you have to do it smart and you have to make sure that you have a legitimate product that's got quality and has some type of value to it um, more than just the object itself. So things that come along with some type of revolutionary type of idea, um, I think tend to do popular. And, you know, some report was posted in an article in Coindesk about our launch about the demographics of Bitcoin users. And I was surprised to see how similar they were to ours. And I had perceptions about Bitcoin that were wrong you know, that most transactions have been used in uh, donations, mm. you know, so that says a lot about the, the Bitcoin user that they want to be spending their Bitcoin on something that means something. Right. So, um, you know, very, very little has been used on illegal activities, which is what everybody just assumes first thing when it comes to Bitcoin. That's right. So, um, you know, I think if, if you do your research, you know, you can successfully get into um, being a, a Bitcoin merchant. Those are all really great points. So you've seen your business grow by, you know, a small percentage or half of a percent now that you're taking uh, Bitcoins and Litecoins possibly? Oh, no. Yeah, we've seen it um, increase. Uh, I don't know our exact numbers now because they change every day. Um, but I, I, I would think maybe it's like tripled or quadrupled our sales since wow. we, wow. Um, yeah, we're, we're almost like getting more Bitcoin than dollars now. Oh, so <laughs> it, it changes every day. It's a really crazy how, how big of a part of our business it's become. Man, that is great. That's great. Congratulations. Mm -hmm. Yeah, on congrats. That. Thank you. And now Litecoin, we're, we're doing really great with Litecoin so far. So it's exciting. Nice. What would you say your percentage of Bitcoin to Litecoin purchases are? Well, we just launched the Litecoin processor yesterday. So, you know, we've only been live for a day. Um, yesterday's sales, I would say maybe like 80% were in Litecoin and the rest of the, was in, in Bitcoin. So we had a very good Litecoin day yesterday and today. Um, we don't know how those sales will continue, but I think just the Litecoin community was so excited to see somebody um, accepting Litecoin and um, you know, just, just wants to support what we're doing. 
That's true. That's pretty amazing. John just discovered you yesterday on the very day you launched Litecoin. That's right. And then just last evening, I posted on, or maybe it was today, I posted on our Nashville Bitcoin Facebook page. So hopefully you'll have. Oh, yeah. Hopefully you'll have some. Nashville Bitcoin community folks <laughs> buying buying some tea. Yeah, it's it's amazing. You know, the the people we find that are our first customers, um, you know, they tend to be pretty pretty big in the community and really um, involved in the community and want to support it. And um, it was cool. We went to a Bitcoin conference in December in Las Vegas, and we met we met a few people we knew that were customers and. You know, people that are really high up in the Bitcoin in the Bitcoin world were, you know, our first or second Bitcoin customers and they were really proud of us and it's really opened a lot of doors for us. In fact, I had the opportunity to present at the Bitcoin booth at CES um, talking about our story along with um, BitPay, Butterfly Labs and blockchain. Um, so it's really cool how it's opened up doors for us to tell our story and um, to get exposed to more people because um, as you can obviously tell, I'm very passionate about what I'm doing and just want to tell as many conscious people. And, you know, the Bitcoin community, Litecoin community tends to be very conscious and knowledgeable and ask a lot of questions and um, want to bring transparency to how our everyday life um, work. Yeah, nice. that's fantastic. That's great. Well, so, Elise, tell us how our listeners can find you and um, perhaps even spell the website for us. Yeah, so we can be found at tlet.com. That's outlet for T, T-E-A-L-E-T. And if you want to learn more about Bitcoin, and we do run special promotions just for Bitcoin or Litecoin, you can go to tlet.com slash Bitcoin or tlet.com slash Litecoin. We have two separate lending pages there. You can learn about that and also our payment processor for Litecoin. I mean, a lot of potential there, and we're going to see where where it takes us and um, just kind of go with the flow and build as we need to. Hey, we're going to be following you, and we're excited for you. And uh, I'm excited. I can't wait to receive my tea in the mail. Yeah, I'm looking awesome. forward to What did you get? Did you get some Darjeeling? Or I'll be or honest with you. I don't remember. I bought, it's, it's, it all comes in a box, and I think there were, what, three or four teas? It was the one that said Litecoin near it. So maybe you can, okay. maybe yeah, you can tell yeah. me what so I ordered. That's our special Litecoin box. We're cool. running it with a 30% discount right now. But it's got two teas from India. Mm-hmm. It's a green tea and an oolong tea. And then two mm. teas from Japan, which are both uh, uh, green teas. So, um, and there's also a, a Litecoin keychain in there. Oh, so that's right. we, um, ah. Yeah, we're actually uh, a sponsors of the, the development project of Litecoin. And so that's uh, our way of, of promoting them. And a portion of the profits do go back to the development project. That is so cool. Well, I'm looking forward to drinking more tea and becoming a, a, a new tea <laughs> lover myself. I'm not, I'm not going to awesome. share it with you. I'm not going to share it with you, Lynn. You're going to have to get your I'm own I'm going to have to get my own. That's it, man. <laughs> <laughs> yep. You can find it at tealit.com slash Litecoin. That's where you can get it. Well, well thank you so much, Elise Peterson, and we look forward to speaking to you again in the future. All right. Aloha. Thank you so much for the chat tonight. It's been fun. It's been and, fun. And did you say also, you said mahalo in your email, is that right? Mahalo. Yeah. So, um, you know, it's a uh, Hawaii roots. Um, mahalo means thank you. And of course, aloha is hello and goodbye. And I love you and so many more things. So, um, you know, I tend to like to use those expressions in my emails, um, just sharing the pure aloha spirit. Well, aloha back to you. Aloha Thank back you to much. you. <laughs> Thanks, Elise. Bye-bye. Bye, guys. Bye. Josh, hello. How are you? All right. So, hey, Josh, thanks so much for being on Bitcoins and Gravy today. If you could introduce yourself and then tell us a little bit about yourself and your business and also how you initially got involved in Bitcoin. My name is Josh Arias. I'm a barber here in Reno, Nevada at a uh, shop called Mayberry Salon and Barbers. I've been a barber now for about uh, three years or so. And uh, I have a customer that came in one day, IT guy with a pretty large company. And he started talking to me about Bitcoin and having me accept it. At first, I kind of just pushed it off. I kind of looked, I guess, a little on the high risk side for me. And this was probably... September-ish of 2012, and at the time, the price was going anywhere from $13 up to maybe that $50 range. So I guess one of my big concerns at the time was, is what happens if he comes in and pays me, you know, when it's at that $50 range, and then the next day, it goes back down to 13 It kind of means that I just did a, uh, a haircut for uh, kind of pennies. 
as the time kind of went on, he kind of kept on me a little bit. Or you know, we, we always had conversations about Bitcoin every time that he came in. And so this last September, I finally told him, all right, so next time you come in for a haircut, I'll go ahead and accept it from you. Um, and we'll just see where it goes and kind of just maybe be prepared for uh, me to not accept it. But uh, for right now, uh, you know, we'll see how it, what the next step is or see how it goes. So he um, he paid me Bitcoin that day back in September. Let's uh, see, the service was on September 5th and Bitcoin was trading for right around $124 per coin. So I accepted it a week later. It was up. Uh, another $30 and a week later is up another $30. And so also my $30 service within a couple months made me, you know, about another $150, $200. Wow. So I, uh, I think I kind of started accepting it right at the beginning of the, uh, the chaos, uh, or the, the boom. So I continue to accept it. I put myself on to, uh, there's a couple websites out there that, as a uh, service provider, uh, somebody that accepts Bitcoin, you can actually put your name on. I don't remember the, the website that I put myself on uh, off the top of my head, but so I put it on that uh, just so people can maybe that are looking on spending Bitcoin could find me. That's actually how CNN, uh, CNN Money uh, called me up beginning of November, middle of November, and asked, you know, if I was still accepting it, how it was going. And so I did a little small interview with them. At the time, I was only getting one guy, the same guy, paying with Bitcoin. And now I have three customers that pay with Bitcoin. Not, not a lot, but uh, I have a lot more interest from my customers because they've seen some of the articles that I've had published about myself out there. So they, one of their first questions to me is, hey, I saw you on CNN or I saw you in Reno News Interview. Tell me about this Bitcoin. So a lot more of my customers right now are getting into it. And it's, a, it's kind of a nice conversation to be able to have with your customers as well. It gives us something to talk about. Did you choose to use a merchant service with anybody? And who did you choose to go with? So I'm actually using Coinbase as my digital wallet and as my uh, kind of just to run all my transactions through. Uh, Coinbase has a lot of functions in it that makes it real appealing to service companies out there that are looking on accepting Bitcoin. They actually have a deal where if I didn't want to take a risk on Bitcoin, and as soon as I receive a payment, I can turn around and have that immediately transferred back into uh, U.S. cash and put it into my account. Uh, they have that setting. Or I can actually set it to accept for, say, up to five Bitcoins. And any time that my wallet gets over five Bitcoins, go ahead and cash that out and put that into my account as well. And then also having a checking account linked with Coinbase, I can also buy more uh, Bitcoin. Um, and the more I use it, the more, uh, I guess, kind of uh, speed of access they give me. Hey, Josh, tell us a little bit about the challenges faced by new business owners who are thinking about accepting Bitcoins. Well, like I say, I've been able to kind of go back and forth with this IT guy. And anytime that I have any questions, I, and I'm really not necessarily the most knowledgeable when it comes to Bitcoin. When some of my customers ask, you know, how does this work or how does that work? Over the last uh, about six months or so, I became a lot more knowledgeable and um, I'm definitely understanding the entire process. But at the end of the day, you know, every time that my IT guy actually comes in, I normally have a whole list of questions. So I think it's nice to have somebody that you can kind of kick ideas back and forth on for new businesses out there thinking about accepting Bitcoin. I do two, uh, two different processes here. Uh, I actually printed out a, uh, a QR code of my Bitcoin wallet. That way, my customers, they can just walk up to uh, uh, the QR code, scan it, and then on their digital wallet, a screen pops up saying, how much do you want to send this person? That way, if I offer them, say, a $20 service, and they want to throw an extra 3 or $4 tip on top of that, they can do that because I'm not telling them that they have to pay me a certain amount. It's actually asking them, how much do you want to send this person? The other direction that you can definitely go with the Coinbase app is... I can actually go in and say that the service that day is going to be $20 and then create a QR code that is related to my account and that QR code equals $20. So that way, as soon as they scan it, there's an instant transfer from their account into my account. And the hard part with me is since tips are such a huge part of my industry, that doesn't necessarily give them an option to give me that tip. So. Now, is that really an instant transfer or does it send a Bitcoin send request? 
No, that's actually a, so it's a send request. Now, when, when they scan it, I shouldn't say it's an instant transfer, but it's going to pop up on their screen saying to confirm the transaction. And all they have to do is hit accept and that money transfers. Right. So they would they would scan it with their wallet app and it would show up on their phone, for example, ready to send 20 million bitcoins. No, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, I'm, that's, see, that's one thing I'm still working on. You know, back in the day, uh, haircut and shave used to be two bits. Ah, uh, there you go. We were going to ask you about that. We were going to ask you about that. <laughs> <laughs> if I can start getting two bits for haircuts and shaves, uh, I, I don't have to work too much. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. Josh, I've got to ask you about beards here in Nashville. Still, we have the Woodsman beard. Where are you exactly? You in Reno, you said? So I'm in Reno. Is the Woodsman's beard there popular just as it is here in Nashville? The beard thing is growing. Um, nope, no pun intended. Yeah, yeah most, uh, I mean, even myself, I, I have probably about a, a four to five inch beard right now. So. Uh, and do you also cut beards? Yeah, I sure do. I, I do the, the whole the whole service, the, the, uh, the straight razor shaves, the haircuts, the trim of beards. We try to do something uh, every year when it comes to uh, November. They have the, the fundraiser called Movember, which is a, a huge fundraiser for uh, for cancer for uh, for males out there. That's great. So uh, we, we try to focus for stuff around around that and try to get the guys to grow out their beards throughout the year and uh, we'll shave them off for uh, for the month of November. So, Man, that's great. So for uh, our listeners, I know after this episode airs, you're going to have a flock of people heading to Reno to do, you know, I don't know what other what people normally do in Reno, hit the casinos, but they're going to be, I guess the woodsmen are going to be coming from all over the country to your barbershop. Can we tell them, what do you charge for a haircut? What do you charge for a woodsman's beard versus a goatee? How much is a shave in a haircut? Uh, so a, a haircut's $18, uh, and that doesn't matter if it's a short haircut or a long haircut. And then for a straight razor shave is $25, and uh, and that'll do, you know, take the, the whole beard off or take it down to a goatee. Uh, if we just want to trim it up, uh, I charge $12 just to come in and uh, reshape your beard. A lot of the guys uh, throughout the year, the beards kind of get out of control, so they just want, you know, some of the stragglers taken off. So. Uh, and then all my services, uh, I always have a nice ice cold beer sitting here uh, for all the guys that are coming in. So they're always welcome to uh, have a nice beer and get a haircut and a shave. Well done. Speaking of stragglers, if we were to start a foundation and send a bunch of East Nashvillers to your place to have their beards removed, how would that work? <laughs> <laughs> well, most definitely. Uh, we definitely uh, enjoy that. Uh, I, uh, I've actually uh, partnered up a little bit with a, uh, two of the places here in town. Um, there's a... a, a brewery here in town called under the rose and uh they make unbelievable beer it's a, a fairly young business a fairly young brewery but uh we're actually planning on doing the shave off uh, at their facility i have a whole mobile barber shop that i do and uh, we're going to take the mobile shop over there hopefully next november uh, beginning of november to do the shave off and then uh, there's a, a place here in town called craft reno and they bring in micro brews uh, from all over the world uh, all the craft beers and so uh, we'll do the uh, the reshave off part two uh, at the end of November at their place. So um, so so it's put put a head on your beer and take a beard off your head. Exactly, I I, I like it. I, I may <laughs> I may have to coin phrase that uh, this coming up time. <laughs> so Josh, how can we find you? Um, how would our listeners find your website? Yeah, so uh, I uh, have my own website. Uh, it's www. Uh, BarberArias.com and Arias is spelled out A-R-I-A-S Well thank you very much for joining us on the show it was a fantastic to hear your stories and uh, we're glad to know that everybody's getting cleaned up through Bitcoin Most definitely, well thank you for the invite and uh, we look forward to hearing you guys' podcast down the road Hey, Josh, I'd really like to thank you for joining us today, man. That was a great interview, and uh, I'm excited that people know where to go to get a shave and a haircut. Good luck to you with your business, man. It sounds like you're doing a great job. Josh Arias, thank you so much for joining us today. Great. Thank you. Bye-bye. Cheers. Hey, Steve, great to have you on Bitcoins and Gravy today. Could you tell us your name and the name of your business and just give us an introduction to how you got involved in, in Bitcoin? Uh, well, my name is Stephen Summering, and the name of my business is Summering Painting. 
I got involved in Bitcoin. I started getting into networking a while back and uh, just, I don't know, saw it on the internet somewhere and did some research on it. Then I started watching the prices of it and uh, I got fascinated by it and uh, just got more and more into it as time went on. And then I figured I would uh, start accepting it as, as pay, started mining it as well. So, Steve, tell us where you are. I'm up in uh, Burlington, Vermont. Burlington, Vermont. Well, that's wonderful. Uh, and so are you doing interior painting or exterior house painting? I'm doing interior and exterior right now. Yep. I do it both. Yep. I've been doing it for a long time. I've been painting for about eight years for myself. So it's pretty slow in the wintertime. And that's pretty much how I got into Bitcoin was because I have a lot of free time in the winter. So I, you know, work on my web page and just screw around with Bitcoining and stuff like that. And uh, yeah, that's a bit of a requirement for getting into Bitcoin, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. You got to keep up with all the news and see, you know, watch the prices of it constantly you know, trading and stuff like that, for sure. Well, how are you accepting Bitcoin now for your business? What is your routine for doing that? Um, I haven't got any yet, but I hope to soon. I'm just going to, you know, give people my wallet and uh, my, you know, my numbers and my characters and see, you know, what happens from there. I wouldn't have a problem accepting it uh, as a payment because it's, you know, I mean, it's it jumps around a lot, but I don't see it going anywhere. I think it's going to jump around a lot for a long time, but uh, I don't foresee it disappearing. Do you think uh, that you would go with Coinbase or with BitPay as a payment processor, or would you just use your phone and have your customers pay you phone to phone or tablet to tablet? Um, I would probably just give them my wallet and uh, have them send it that way. Uh, Coinbase is uh, pretty reputable. I've used them before and I've had good luck with them. I'm, I'm skeptical, you know, about using those things, but uh, it's nice to just use your own wallet and send it that way too, you know? I agree. Yeah, And, you know, we agree that Coinbase is a reputable company and we both use Coinbase ourselves. You don't have any customers yet, but maybe after this podcast goes out over the world, maybe you will have some people coming to you and saying, hey, Steve, can you paint a bathroom for us? Or we have the exterior of the house to paint in the uh, spring. Do you have a forte? Do you feel like you're better at exterior painting than interior or just really good at doing both? Uh, I would say I'm really good at doing both. It's been my profession for a long time and I like to do, uh, I'm not really into, you know, working and doing, uh, you know, quick jobs. I like, you know, if I'm going to put my name on something, it's got to look really tight and nice. And, you know, I always have to move forward. And even though I just paint walls and trim and stuff like that, I always try to push myself and learn, uh, you know, about new products and, uh, you know, try to keep it tighter and tighter, all the paint jobs I do. I have a, you know, a long list of references. I've worked for some of the, the most well-off people in Vermont personally. So I feel good about doing it and I enjoy it too. You know, it, it is a trade, you know, painting is, is definitely a trade. I mean, a lot of people think everybody can uh, paint, but um, that's, I don't see that being the case. Not me. I've tried it. <laughs> no, yeah. You know, I give people a chance to help me out sometimes in the summer when work is really busy. And there's a lot of people that will say that they can paint and I don't really believe anybody can paint. I was kind of, you know, first time I ever did it, I kind of knew that that's what I was going to be doing and, you know, just kind of something that's in my blood, I guess. I don't know. I like heights. I like being outside. I like all that stuff. So, well, so you're newly accepting Bitcoin and you don't have any customers yet. How are you getting the word out there to get new Bitcoin customers in for your painting services? Uh, well, so far it was just through the Reddit. I'm going to work on my webpage too and put some, put some more stuff on there about it. Summeringpainting.com. I liked your website. Uh, it looked like a big yellow house, I think, and a, and a nice looking dog there in the picture. Yeah, that's my dog, Joey. He usually uh, he usually helps me paint in the summertime uh, when the time is right. You know, he's really good. He stays right around the house. He's really no problem at all. And most people that I paint for really like him, too. So, well, hey, that's a good looking dog. And I have a dog, too. And I know that uh, it really is true that uh, it's man's best friend. I have to tell you that I have done some painting in the past. And I agree with you that painting is difficult. Everybody, you know, a lot of people say they can paint, but to actually have a good finished product that uh, doesn't have a lot of flaws, a lot of drips or any drips, right, or any holidays is the name of the game. Do you do you 
still use that. I remember a guy painted four years ago, and he said, Barrett, look at all those holidays. And I had no idea what he was talking about. And he said, well, that's any place where you missed and there's no paint on the wall. Uh, yeah. That's a holiday. You, do you still use that term? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, I'm, I'm, there's a lot of terms like that. Yeah, but I, I'm very familiar with that one. Uh, I have a buddy that says the same thing, too. It's like, uh, I, don't, I don't know. I really like it because it's almost like you have to be mindful constantly the whole time. You know, you can't you can't just walk around like you don't know where your feet are, too. You have to know where your feet are and your hands are right up to the ceiling, you know, especially if you're cutting in a a, a flat white ceiling with a, you know, a purple wall or something, that line, if you're, you know, shaky at all, people are going to notice that. That's a great analogy for getting into Bitcoin, too, I would say. You really got to know where your hands and feet are and, and be aware as you get into it and what the prices are. Bitcoin's taking a bit of a holiday right now, I would say. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I still don't see it going anywhere. Like I said, it's going to go up and down a lot. Um, it's been around for a little bit now. And, you know, I mean, I mean, it's, still pretty unstable that's the thing i i really believe in it i don't uh i kind of have a problem with banks and i don't like uh money having to travel through a lot of middlemen basically uh, yeah because it kind of gets uh they kind of control it like that and i don't you know i don't really agree with that so that's kind of why I've, i started going into bitcoin to begin with and the other the positives to it i mean there is some negatives to it you know it's unstable and people are some people are doing shady stuff with it but if you look at the positives to it you know you can buy anything from anywhere and the other thing is is that people can start at businesses online and just start accepting bitcoins right away you know they don't need to go through a bunch of middlemen and stuff like that and paypal or whatever you know well, so for some of the other businesses, small businesses that might be thinking about accepting Bitcoin now, what do you think some of the challenges are going to be for them that you may have figured out or that you anticipate? How can you help to keep them from painting themselves into a corner with Bitcoin? That's a good question. It's going to fluctuate a lot. You know, you got to be a hawk about how much it's worth, you know, at the current time. Mm -hmm. And the people paying, they're going to have to understand there's a little bit of that. Anybody that's into Bitcoin understands that there's going to be that fluctuation. Well, you know, the other thing is that when you have uh, when you have Coinbase and you have BitPay, they offer the service for the small business where you can get paid in Bitcoin today and it can instantly be turned into U.S. dollars and instantly deposited in your account. As the small business, you never actually have to hold Bitcoins if you don't want to. So that essentially takes away any risk of the fluctuations for the small business owner with Coinbase and with BitPay. Those risks don't even exist anymore anymore. All right. Well, hey, thank you so much for taking time to interview with us today. And also, can you tell our listeners where they can find you? Yeah, you could go on uh, summeringpainting.com. I should have some more information about uh, the Bitcoin on there and how I'm going to be accepting that. But yeah, I got some of my work up there. I should be putting some more pictures on there soon. Okay. That's summering, S-U-M-M-E-R-I-N-G, painting.com. Yep, and uh, my my number is uh, 802-373-1527, and that's probably the best way to get a you know get a hold of me. I'll I'll and I'll travel a little bit too because I, I you know I'd be really interested in working for Bitcoin. I think it's uh, I think it's a really cool thing to get into. Does your website say we'll travel for Bitcoin? Not yet. <laughs> <laughs> well, Steve, thanks so much for joining us on the Bitcoins and Gravy Show. It's been great to talk to you and a real pleasure to have you here with us. We look forward to speaking to you again in the future and seeing how your business is going accepting Bitcoin. Okay, thanks a lot. All right, cheers. All right, cheers. Thanks, Steve. Bye. Today we have Talon Fosnot here with us from the local Nashville band Sunwheel. Welcome, Talon. Hey guys, thanks for having me. Welcome, thanks for being here. <laughs> so can you tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, what you do? Yeah, I've I, uh, been here in Nashville for about two years now and I work at Claire Brothers, which is a sound company and uh, we do a lot of business here out of Nashville and uh, been involved in Bitcoin. Well, when I say involved, I guess just interested in collecting and scheming with Bitcoin. <laughs> is Claire Brothers involved in Bitcoin? or you, No, you not at all. No, that's just me. Claire Brothers is not involved in Bitcoin. Not yet, anyways. If they could start paying me in Bitcoin, my oh, salary, yeah. that'd be really great. Oh, yeah. That'd be good. But uh, I found out about Bitcoin in August, July or August, very quickly 
held all my interest, you know. And so tell us about your band. Uh, my band is called Sunwheel. We're a instrumental prog rock metal band. We have a show going on at Springwater every second Wednesday of the month. We're calling that Waste Faced Wednesdays. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> Get bit blasted. Yeah, totally. <laughs> And uh, so I decided to start taking Bitcoin as cover for the show if anybody wanted to uh, go that route. Just looking for another way to kind of promote the show. Uh, metal's not very big here in Nashville. And, you know, anything I could do to support the metal scene and support the other guys who play the kind of music that we do, you know, that's Which kind of the whole idea. instrumental and sort of heavy rock metal, right? Yeah, most of the groups that have come through so far, we've been doing this January and February so far. It's all pretty heavy music. Uh, we don't go out of our way to find metal bands or angry bands or anything like that. But, you know, the circle of friends that we run around with. Are generally angry? Yeah, generally angry. <laughs> now, do you guys call yourself Instamental? Instamental? Yeah. No, but that's pretty instrumental. good. Instrumental? That's what oh, instrumental. Say. So uh, how's your turnout been at your shows? The last one was actually really good. January was a little slow. It's the winter time. It's Wednesday. People don't like to come out, I guess. But uh, this last one, we had about 50 people come out. And, oh, nice. Uh, for, you know, since y'all, I don't think you've been to Springwater before, but it's a tiny little room. And uh, to have 50 people in that room, it looked like it was packed. Yeah. Well, you know? I probably haven't been to Springwater in 10 years. You know, that's where I would go see punk rock bands for sure. So yeah. It's a great, funky place where you don't feel bad if you spill your beer by accident. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I like to think of it as a very vibey sort of a venue. <laughs> it is. It don't is. they call it the Springwater Supper Club? Yeah. <laughs> I sort of remember them being the place that still had a quarter pool table. Do they still have a pool table that's only 25 cents? Nice. I, they do, actually. There yeah. you go. So that's wow. a great place to introduce a new currency, Bitcoin. So tell us about Bitcoin and tell us about your thought process of deciding to accept Bitcoin for the show. Uh, it was a really easy decision for me because of how easy it can be to do it. I can just pull out my phone and here, scan this QR code or print it on a piece of paper and put it up by the door. And, you know, I could receive the confirmations really quickly. And unfortunately, the venue doesn't want to take Bitcoin. But, you know, I was happy to just do it myself and take care of the whole thing. What were you using to receive the Bitcoin? I'm using my phone. What app do you have on your phone? Blockchain. Nice. Blockchain. Yeah. I assume, as I think about it here, that it would be very different if you were trying to accept it directly to a paper wallet than if you were using, you know, an online wallet. I mean, you know, not really. You'd have to be able to see that the Bitcoin's going in there. You want to be able to see the confirmations from the receive end. But if you're only looking at what was the cover, like five bucks a spot, a pop. So, yeah. you know, at five bucks... As soon as the person holds their phone up there and scans your QR code and you get to see that it's sent from their phone, there's no really no worries after that. I guess that could work. Um, blockchain does have the option to monitor your paper wallets, uh, which I have done before. If I wanted to go that route and just have Bitcoin sent directly to the paper wallet, then I could essentially just cut my paper wallet in half. You know, that way the private key is hidden and then uh, and then my phone will still alert me to when those transactions get sent to the paper wallet. Right, or just wear a t-shirt with your QR code on it, right? Yeah, that could work really great. Yeah, that'd be cool as long as it wasn't too wrinkled. So can we get into some of the details a little more? Were you using blockchain app on an iPhone or an Android? iPhone. Okay, so that's before Apple took the blockchain app off of Yeah, off I, I, feel, uh, I feel kind of like the privileged few now that was grandfathered into the blockchain iPhone app before, before Apple, uh, you know, took it away from everybody. Right. So don't delete and don't upgrade. Right. Yeah, you can't. Yeah. <laughs> right. Do you have any thoughts about getting an Android? Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, Me too. Two things happened in the last week. Uh, my roommate came back from uh, New York and he got a Google Glass. Oh, wow. And oh, wow. Uh, between that and then uh, Apple taking away the blockchain app off of their store, uh, it's a lot easier for me to go ahead and move over to Android on my next upgrade. So you're using the blockchain app on iPhone and you're accepting payments from people as they come to the door. And if somebody was to pay for cover and you receive it in Bitcoin, is that going to come to you through a push notification on your phone? Or do you have to wait for the email to come in? Give us some of the details about how that process would work. I'm just leaving the app open on my phone. You know, when someone comes to the door and wants to pay in Bitcoin, you know, I'm going to be notified by the guy at the door and then I'll just pull out my app. And uh, as soon as the payment is sent, then I can start receiving the confirmations. And How many confirmations did you feel like you needed before you could let them in? 
the first one. I'm, you know, I'm not that worried about it. I'm just happy somebody came to the show, you know? <laughs> Did you imagine yourself 30 minutes later, you know, bouncing somebody out the door because it was a oh, it could happen. <laughs> because of some transaction malleability and you throw them out in the mud? So, no, I was just going to say, so have you, uh, you had two shows, right? And you accepted Bitcoins at both shows. Lidge may have already asked this. Did you have any takers? Did you have anybody paying with Bitcoin? No, we didn't. Uh, unfortunately, but we're going to try it again. I'm making it as well known to the Nashville community that we're taking Bitcoin. Not a lot of people like to come see metal shows on a Wednesday night, but uh, I think as the summertime comes and, and uh, school's out, we're going to start seeing a lot more takers. And as the Bitcoin Nashville Bitcoin community grows, are you right now part of the Nashville uh, Facebook network? Yes. Bitcoin Facebook network? Oh, good, good. Yeah. And I'm, uh, I'm, Super ecstatic to see the Nashville Bitcoin community growing. I'd love to see Nashville become a place where people can come just because they know they can spend their Bitcoin here. You had mentioned in previous shows the idea of there being restaurants and cabs and and venues and all sorts of things where, you know, people can literally spend a whole weekend or a couple of days or, you know, however they want to do it and not have to spend their dollars and they can just spend Bitcoin and I also heard in another podcast that uh, the uh, interviewer suspected that Austin, Texas was the biggest Bitcoin city right now. And I'd like to see Nashville take over the title. Take Austin. We can take Austin. We I can do it. <laughs> so Talon, tell our listeners how they can find out more about you and your band, Sunwheel. Uh, we've got a Facebook page, and that would be the best way to look us up. Um, just type Sunwheel in the search bar, and you'll see the musician artist page. And uh, we'll be posting our Waste Face Wednesday posters on there, and uh, it'll have all the lineups for every show. The show changes every month, so we'll have different bands coming through, touring bands. And uh, summertime, it's really going to kick off. It's going to be a lot of fun, a lot of uh, touring heavy metal groups coming through. So, John, it was great to have Talon here on the show from Sunwheel. Oh, yeah. Uh, it was very cool to hear about a band's first experience accepting Bitcoin in Nashville You know, for their show. And even if you don't have any takers initially seeing an opportunity for it to grow and build an audience community. Oh yeah. He's a smart guy. He's obviously excited about Bitcoin and that's what it takes to grow the community. So tell us more about what's going on over at the Springwater. All right. So that's Waste Face Wednesdays, the second Wednesday of each month until June at the Springwater Supper Club hosted by Sunwheel and Silent Monolith. Right here in Nashville, Tennessee. Sounds good. Bring your Bitcoin. Thanks, and I hope you enjoyed the interviews with Elise Peterson, Josh Arias, Steve Summering, and Talon Fosnot. Thanks so much for listening. We really appreciate your time and attention. Hey, Lidge, let's also give a special thanks to our friends in Southern California listening in on station KCAA 1050 AM. Tune in Thursdays at 7 p.m. Pacific time to hear new episodes of Bitcoins and Gravy. And make sure to catch more great shows from the Let's Talk Bitcoin Network airing all week right here on KCAA 1050 AM. Or download the podcast from letstalkbitcoin.com. That's right, John. We are proud to be part of the first Bitcoin podcast network of shows that includes Mad Money Machine with Paul Boyer, Living Freely with Stephanie Murphy, Ed and Ethan's Bitcoin Report, and of course, the gold medal champion of America's Olympic podcasting team, Let's Talk Bitcoin with Andreas Antonopoulos, Stephanie Murphy, and Adam B. Levine. And if you have questions or comments, please email us at bitcoinsandgravy at gmail.com. If you enjoyed the show, please take a moment and leave us a review on iTunes. Whether three stars or five stars, it's your reviews that help new listeners discover the show. And it's your generous tips that allow us to create the show. Our tipping address can be found at the show notes for Bitcoins and Gravy at letstalkbitcoin.com. And we thank you in advance for your generous contributions. I'm John Barrett. And I'm Lyd Shaw. And you've been listening to Bitcoins and Gravy from East Nashville, Tennessee. Hit it, Johnny. Thank you very kindly, friends. I'd like to dedicate this song to the great American freedom fighter and songwriter, Mr. Pete Seeger. May you rest in peace. I would also like to dedicate this song to Andreas Antonopoulos for his words of wisdom and hope for us all. 
Now climb aboard, y'all. This train is bound for glory. And there's plenty of room for all. Well, Satoshi Nakamoto, that's a name I love to say. And we don't know much about him, but he came to save the day. When he wrote about the way things are and the way things are to be, he gave us all a protocol this world had never seen. Our Bitcoin, as you're going into the old blockchain. Our Bitcoin, I know you're going to rain, going to rain. Till everybody knows, everybody knows, till everybody knows your name. told about the death of old Mount Gox, about traders trading altar coins and miners mining blocks. But them good old boys back in Illinois and on down through Tennessee, see they don't care to be a millionaire, they're just wanting to be free. Our Bitcoin, as you're going into the old blockchain, our Bitcoin, I know you're going to rain, going to rain, till everybody knows, everybody knows, till everybody knows your name. A promise to deliver us from age-old tyranny A Bitcoin as you're going into the old blockchain A Bitcoin, I know you're going to rain, going to rain Till everybody knows, everybody knows, till everybody knows your name Till everybody knows, everybody knows, till everybody knows your Give me some exposure Everybody knows your name, sing it Oh Lord, pass me some more Yeah.